This is the book of John, uh, chapter 7. Jesus goes to the festival of tabernacles. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go to Judea because he knew the Jewish leaders were looking for a way to kill him. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, Leave Galilee and go to Judea. Judea, so that your disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public fig figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. So I'm going to stop right there because there's a lot in that first paragraph. Um, the first thing is, again, another reference to Jesus's brothers and um, so these are uh, his like half brothers that are referenced here, and um, they, you know, it was saying for even his own brothers did not believe in him. So his own family members were having a hard time believing that he was who he said he was, even though he was doing these miracles. So that's one one thing to point out. And then the other part is the Festival of Tabernacles, the Festival of Tabernacles being near. This is an important um, Jewish festival for people who aren't Jewish to learn about because it's a seven-day celebration. Now, a seven-day celebration has so many different symbolic means, um, meanings in Scripture. Um, for example, creation was seven days. And there is a theory currently that has been shared. If you haven't seen it already, search Messiah 2030. And it's very interesting because it gives you a very elaborate account of dates and about the full 7,000 years. The only thing about dates is that um, I don't know that any of us have the correct calendar. And I think from what I've heard and the changes that have happened to the calendars, I don't know that anybody has the true dates. But just in in knowing this theory, it's very interesting because um, it shows how the seven days of creation line up with other significant biblical dates and also indicate a potential for Jesus's return. So it's a really good video to watch. If you haven't seen it already, you can search on YouTube, uh, Messiah 2030. But just in general, these um, the Feast of Tabernacles is good to know about. The other thing that's really interesting, there's a, a website that you could go to gotquestions.org and look up the Feast of Tabernacles, and you can see some of the other feasts. In, the, in Scripture, back in the Old Testament, it says that um, there are basically three festivals that will always be continued, that will be um, celebrated and um, in Jewish culture. And that would be the Festival of Tabernacles, which is also called Sukkot. And that's the, the second one, and I'm not saying them in order, I'm just saying the ones that, the way I have them written down, the Festival of Weeks, which is also... Um, called Shavuot, and it also is 50 days, and Pentecost is uh, 
the 50 days, um, that's, that's the Pentecost part. And then there's also the third one is the Festival of Unleavened Bread or Passover. And all of these things are, first of all, all the feasts, these three feasts are really important because symbolically, these are the ones where something significant has been fulfilled. For example, the Festival of Unleavened Bread, which is also Passover, that was when the angel or when the peop- the angel passed over the homes or spared the people from death. Uh, I think it was the firstborn was spared from death because the people marked their door with the blood of a lamb, and so the angel passed over them. And ironically, although I don't think it's ironically, that was when Jesus actually died, was Passover. That was the crucifixion. And then um, he was resurrected on first fruits, and then Pentecost was 50 days later, and that was the when the Holy Spirit came to Jesus's followers after he had gone. So all of these like significant moments with Jesus's death, his resurrection, the Holy Spirit coming, all of those tied to specific festivals that were very known in the Jewish culture. Now, one that hasn't yet been doesn't have a significant thing happening to it is the Festival of Tabernacles. And uh, that's kind of interesting because in my little bit of studying on this, and uh, so I don't know all of this very well, but the Festival of Tabernacles was is a celebration. And it's God giving the Israelites shelter and how he cared for them. It's a celebration after they came out of the wilderness for 40 years. And so it's somewhat symbolic and interesting to think about that could be a potential date that the Israelites um, will be resurrected and taken to Jesus or saved. That could be a date, um, not a specific date, but a time frame, a season, um, the Festival of Tabernacles because of the significance of it. And the other thing that I noticed, um, if you go to gotquestions.org and you look up these festivals, that there was a certain harvest at each one of these uh, festivals. So, for example, the Festival of Unleavened Bread, it was the harvest of barley, which is kind of interesting. Then at the uh, Festival of Weeks or Shavuot or Pentecost, there was the harvest of wheat, the wheat harvest. And then at the Festival of Tabernacles, there was the olive and grape harvest. And that's really interesting when you read into um, Bible prophecy and actually like in Revelation where um, it talks about Jesus crushing the grapes, the ones, you know, picking the grapes that were ready to be picked and then the others crushing them. So um, that is very symbolic of what will happen when Jesus returns is that some will be saved and others will be crushed. And it's just ironic, again, that this festival happens to have the grapes associated with it. And also olive, because olive oil seems to be symbolic of anointing of, of the Holy Spirit also. So that would be, you know, obviously that's how 
people will be resurrected is when they have God's Spirit within them. So that even is another thing that relates to this date. So um, just something to think about and something that to look into. Because the other thing is, during the 1,000-year reign of Christ, the Festival of Tabernacles will be celebrated during that whole time. And it's going to be memorialized, I guess. And because it says something about, I think, if the people of Egypt don't participate in it, then they will have no rain for a period of time. Uh, So it's just, it's a festival that's going to continue into the thousand years. And I'm not sure if it continues into eternity or not, but I believe it continues into the thousand year reign of Christ. So it's probably something to um, familiarize with. Okay, getting back to scripture. So um, they're talking about going to this festival of tabernacles, and Jesus is saying, and so his brothers didn't believe him. They said, go out there, you know, let everybody know who you are. But Jesus paused with that. And getting back into scripture on on, um, chapter 7, verse 6. Therefore, Jesus told them, my time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. The world cannot hate you. But it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I'm not going to this festival because my time has not yet fully come. After he had said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. So Jesus was waiting for the time for him to go. That's what kind of what this study Bible says, was um, Jesus's answer may have been cryptic, as his comments often were, but it was not deceptive. When Jesus said, my time has not yet fully come, he was referring to the fact that he was being guided by his father's timing and will. His brothers urged him to reveal himself openly at the festival according to their timing. Jesus refused to go with his brothers, but he said, But he never said that he wasn't going at all. And instead, he went up later and in secret. So I think that's kind of important to have that commentary on the side. Uh, Now at the festival of the of now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, where is he? Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said he is a good man. Others said, no, he deceives people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach. The Jews were there. The Jews there were amazed and and asked, "How did this man get such learning without having been taught?" Jesus answered, "My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God." will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who has sent him is a man of truth, and there is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You are demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, 
and you all were amazed. Yet, because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. A division over who Jesus is. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is speaking publicly and they are not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he is from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. At this they tried to seize him. But no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. Still many in the crowd believed in him. They said, When the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? The Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time. And then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live, scattered among the Greeks, and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, You will look for me, but you will not find me? And where I am, you cannot come. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said, He is the Messiah. Still others asked, How can the Messiah come from Galilee? Does not scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. Now, just to go back about where Jesus was from, Obviously, it says he was from Galilee, but he was also, he was born in Bethlehem. So Galilee um, and Nazareth too. So I had to look up all these things because I'm not local in Israel, but Bethlehem, let's start with Nazareth is a part of Galilee. So they are, it is within Galilee. So Jesus is from Nazareth, and he is from Galilee. So Nazareth is within Galilee. Now, when Jesus was born, Herod was the king at the time, and he had heard about, I guess he had known the prophecy of um, a future king that would be coming. So 
he had um, made an order to kill everyone that was two years and younger, all the boys, to kill them. And that was one way that he was trying to get rid of them. Another thing that the um, that Joseph had to do, they had to, I believe it was a census that accounting of the people that had to occur. And so they had to travel to go to the place where they needed to go for the census. And on that travel was when they actually ended up in Bethlehem where Jesus was born. So there's probably, I don't probably have all the details correct, but you can look it up, but just wanted to put that in there as well. So finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priest and the Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? No one has ever spoken the way this man does, the guards replied. You mean he has deceived you also, the Pharisees retorted. Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there's a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, asked, Does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he's been doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it, and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. So this is really interesting because Nicodemus was the one that Jesus had the conversation with about he told you he told Jesus told Nicodemus that in order to be in the kingdom of God you have to be born of the water and born of the spirit. So Nicodemus is probably I mean it seems like he was a friend to Jesus and he was somewhat connected with him but also on the other hand he was also a Pharisee. So he was in a very challenging position because the Pharisees were not very happy with Jesus and because he was constantly pointing out the faults with their thinking and they weren't very happy with him. And Nicodemus was part of that group. So he was kind of in a tug of war with between Jesus and these other Pharisees. But the Bible gets interesting. There's a lot of insight. The more you read it, the more details you pick up on. And uh, just encourage you to continue in Bible study. Thanks.